Williams wide left, Crabtree slot left. Gore goes slot right. Empty backfield. Shotgun Smith. Saints bring extra men out. He's going to boot to his left and run. He's going to run at 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Do you believe it? The play of dreams. Welcome to the Fourth and Gold Podcast. This is episode four. I am back uh, here with Matt. What's going on, Matt? Not a whole lot, and uh, about the same is going on with the 49ers and free agency right now. <laughs> Constantly refreshing Twitter last night, um, all day yesterday. How many? How many times have you charged your phone? Uh, my phone stays on the charger. Oh, okay. So I, I, I am a nervous Nelly when it comes to my phone. Anytime it drops below like 90%, I need to charge it. You know it's not good for the battery, right? Yeah, I know. I know. I just – bad habits, man. Bad habits. I hear you. Uh, I do the same thing every once in a while. Um, this is the 4th and Gold Podcast. You can check us out on every uh, podcast platform you can think of, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, wherever podcasts are found, go ahead and give us a – subscribe rate review share it with your friends share it on twitter share it on facebook instagram wherever you want to do um that's fourth and gold on every podcast platform um also follow us on twitter at fourth and gold podcast uh, you can follow myself at 49 or 49 and you can follow matt at matt bar underscore can't get rid of that underscore no actually so i i, I sh- um one of my favorite followers on twitter is shay serrano and he always encourages people to shoot your shot so I actually found the actor on Instagram and I sent him a message asking if I could get it and I haven't heard back. So here's hoping the underscore underscore goes away. Right. Shoot your shot, man. Shoot your shot. Um, free agency started. Well, free agency hasn't started, but the negotiation window started yesterday. Yep. A couple of big names were taken off the board pretty quickly. The Niners made a move for a linebacker, uh, which was a need. I don't think it was um, – I, I guess maybe I overlooked it as a need considering I figured we would do that in the draft. Um, Quan Alexander, rich homie Quan, got paid a substantial amount. We haven't seen the details yet on his contract, but um, how do you feel about it? I actually really love the signing. Um, I know a lot of people are going are gonna to shit on the, the money that they're paying him, but Quan Alexander, when he's healthy, is, is one hell of a football player. And uh, – I know a lot of the Bucks players have been coming out and saying that they really are not happy that he's not back, that they, they loved him in the locker room and they loved what he, uh, the kind of player and the kind of person he was. So I'm all in on the signing. I think it was a bigger need than most people anticipated it being. Uh, Malcolm Smith needs to go. Elijah Lee's not bad, but he's a depth, he's a depth piece for me. And uh, pairing him next to Fred Warner is going to be great. Uh, Quan Alexander's biggest strength is, is a cover linebacker. And when you got teams that are going to be throwing the ball all over the field, it's really what you got to go with. I mean, you got the Rams with Sean McVay, who just loves to just hurl the ball all over. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury taking over in Arizona. He's going to take, he's going to bring his Texas tech offense. You know, he's going to start running five wide stuff. You need linebackers that are fast and that can cover because that's, that's the, that's the way the league's trending right now. Yeah. Two side a lot two sideline to sideline linebackers with Fred Warner and 
um, Quan Alexander. Um, he's, he's definitely a plus for this defense. Um, he'll be playing behind Buckner, Armstead, Solomon Thomas, and whoever else we may get in this free agency period and or draft. Um, I, I like it. I'm, I'm a big fan of speed guys. Guy ran a 4-5 for a linebacker. He has similar traits to uh, Fred Warner from his combine and measurables, things like that. Um, and then, like you said, the guy plays – the, his lock, his old locker room was like, what? You know, you're leaving. Um, that's a big deal. The Niners are trying to create a culture of good players, good people in that in that locker room. Uh, they did. They're trying to correct their mistake with Ruben Foster by signing a linebacker, and I'm I'm all for it. Who, Quan Alexander is actually four months younger than Ruben and has more playing experience. So I, you know, I'll take that any day. Yeah, he's only 24 years old, and a lot of people forget that. Uh, they just don't know it. They they assume a guy's hitting free agency. He's going to be 25, 26 years old. And no, Quan Alexander's 24. He's still he hasn't even hit his prime yet. Um, there was he posted a video on Twitter last week of him doing uh, squats, 315 for reps. Yeah. So I, I think the knee's coming along just fine. He'll be a great addition. Um, and as as an example, uh, Malik Hooker tore his ACL October 22nd of his rookie year, and he was back for training camp. Well, Quan Alexander tore his ACL on October 21st. So the precedent is set there for, for recovery time, for him to be back in time for training camp and to play a full season. Yeah, you know, and the, and the folks on – the Twitter is a really bad measuring stick for fan, for fans. Um, the whole, oh, he has an ACL tear. Okay, well, so does Jarek McKinnon and so does Jimmy Garoppolo. But we still expect big things from them. So why right. wouldn't we expect big things from Quan Alexander? Um, I get it. You didn't want to sign someone who tore his ACL. But we signed two healthy guys who end up tearing their ACL. And things happen. Um, and by the play, you know, I get it. Quan misses a lot of tackles, or he has missed a lot of tackles. You know, but the difference between him on the field versus off the field for the Bucks is noticeable. It's ridiculously noticeable, especially in the run game. He's a will linebacker. He's going to shoot the gaps. He's going to make plays at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. That is important for this 49ers defense. Too many times they were getting – um, you know, chunk plays here and there. And if he can negate those chunk plays and get the defense off the field and let the offense back on, that's all I care about. If he can force a fumble, force an interception. He had three interceptions last year, and the Niners had two. Yep. So you, you're getting a playmaker. He runs down Julio Jones in one of his best games and takes the ball from him. He just stole his lunch money. Who runs down Julio Jones at the linebacker position? Nobody, I can't. The last linebacker I saw run down the field like that was Patrick Willis. I'm not yeah. going to but Patrick yep. ran down the field and tackled a wide receiver. Like, yeah, it was uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Had like 20 yards on him, and Patrick Willis chased him down. I remember that play very, very well. It, it, the, the uproar from 49ers fans, oh, John Lynch doesn't do anything. He's not aggressive enough. Okay, he just paid somebody a lot of money to come play for the 49ers. And the thing with money um, – I don't understand people's, oh, you overpaid, you did this, you did that. This is the market. The, the cap went up almost $9 million. Um, I was listening to Michael Lombardi a couple weeks ago, and he, said, he made a really good point about how the Patriots lived in this 8 to $10 million a year range last year for their free agents. Um, and a lot of teams did the same thing. And he expected this year that teams would be in that 11 to $13 million range. By all accounts, the Niners are right in the, in the range that they should be for a player that they wanted. So I'm not against it. And we all know how Parag Murate does contracts. 
yes, $27 million guaranteed. That could be just over, that could really be just a two-year deal. But if he plays the contract out well, it looks like a bargain. In three, three years, it looks like we have a really cheap linebacker. You know, and the same thing for the perfect example is Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is the 22nd highest paid quarterback going into 2019. Yeah, Prague's a, a, a cap wizard. I don't know what he does. He's he's magic. And he, he really does contracts that I don't think there's been a single contract that's been bad for the 49ers that didn't have an out after year one, year two. I mean, you look at guys like Pierre Garçon, you look at guys like Earl Mitchell. These contracts had outs. And when the team was ready to move on, they moved on. And you're absolutely right. In in two years, Quan Alexander's deal is going to be a bargain. Yeah, it looks it looks hefty now, but it's going to be a steal. I mean, even just this morning, uh, C.J. Mosley, probably the most coveted linebacker in free agency, signed with the Jets for three million more a year than Quan Alexander's getting. Now Mosley's yeah, he's a better player. He's a better player. He's, and he's healthy, so you know he is expected to get more. But he's also two years older than Quan Alexander. So there's a lot of factors that go into, into how much you got to pay a guy. And if Quan Alexander shows up and if he's even a top 20 linebacker, he's worth the money. Easy day. Considering there's, what, 64 inside linebackers and he's a top 20 linebacker, that means he's, a, he's in the top you know, third of the league. Um, and the thing with T.J. Mosley, he got $24 million more guaranteed than Quan. So it's – it looks like a bargain, you know, and I'm not going to knock Joe Lynch and, and Kyle Shanahan for getting guys that they wanted, getting guys that they fit, feel fit the scheme. Um, you know, CJ was one of my hopefuls, but I'm okay with this signing, especially considering what this defense is trying to do. They're trying to replicate that Seattle defense. They want sideline to sideline linebackers. CJ Mosley, he had his issue issues last season with some missed tackles, coverage issues. If Quan's mm-hmm. a better coverage guy, Yep. I'm okay with that. So Yeah, and and to speak on on Quan Alexander's missed tackles. So he has led he did lead the league between 2015 and 2017 in missed tackles. Number two was Telvin Smith and number three and was Ryan Shazier. Those are pretty damn good linebackers. So yeah, he's missing tackles, but also the company he's in isn't bad. Yeah, and you know, if he's missing tackles and but the person isn't moving or going anywhere and someone else can clean it up, I don't see it as an issue. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So like, yeah, he may he may shoot the gap, miss the tackle, but if Fred Warner's right behind him or Tartan's right right behind him to clean up the play, and you still get a negative negative play out of it or a short gain, or you you don't get that third down conversion, um, I'm fine with it. It's not it's not the end of the world to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, th- I I'm good with it. I I don't I don't think we really need to to harp on it too much. It's, it's just been the only big signing the Niners have had. So it's definitely what we got to lead off with. The only other signing that we have is Kyle Nelson was just inked to an extension. I believe there's three. Uh, I don't know why the fuck they <laughs> chose to extend him. He still has six games on his 10 game suspension for performance enhancing drugs. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. John Lynch making splash plays that all the 49ers want. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. So Matt Mayoko just posted on Twitter, among the 49ers remaining own free agents, Bradley Pinion and Mark Nazacha are players team would like to want to resign. They also want DB Jimmy Ward back, but the market for him will determine whether that happens. Um, 
I'm not opposed to Jimmy Ward being back or Bradley Pinion or Mark Nazacha as long as they're on team friendly deals. Um, Kyle Nelson, I guess you want to have that continuity between snapper, holder, kicker. So I, I, I get it. He's been solid since he's been with the Niners. So you, the, it, when you don't hear his name, that's a good thing. So yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's just the. I don't understand carrying two long snappers. Is he going to get snatched up by another team? I don't know. Yeah, I think they'll, they'll cut the other one. You're not going to carry both, especially since one's extended. Um, the rest of the league is making a lot of splashes. I think the rest of the league is kind of taking themselves out of a couple different options, i.e. Earl Thomas with the Texans just signing Tayshaun Gibson, the Chiefs signing um, Tyron Matthews. So, I mean, I, I think that Earl Matthew – excuse me, Earl Matthew. The Earl Thomas signing is coming. It's just a matter of when and just some final details on it. Um, I don't think Niners fans should just panic all over my Twitter timeline about why isn't John Lynch doing anything. He's probably working the phone, you know. He's right. Time. And if they're going to be deliberate and they're getting the right guy, what does it matter how long it takes? So, right. Um, I knew there was – patient person. Yeah, there was a report that came out yesterday afternoon that the 49ers hadn't contacted Earl Thomas yet, and people collectively lost their goddamn minds. Um, and it, Okay, they haven't contacted him yet. Not a big deal. It doesn't sound like really anybody's been in contact with him. It sounds like Earl's waiting for the safety market to set a price. Mm-hmm. And he, he knows what he's worth, and that's what he wants to go and get. I, I agree with you. I think it's going to happen if – if for no other reason than by default, because every other team signed a safety and doesn't need one anymore. Um, Cause you got guys like Adrian Amos going to the, going to the Packers. Like you said, honey badger to the chiefs uh, Gibson to the Texans. I mean, there's just teams or teams that worry in the safety market are just dropping out quick because yeah. they're signing their own guys. Um, and then there's another guy that's out there. If they decide not to go with Earl, which I am opposed to, but if the Niners choose to go that way, you got ha ha Clinton Dix that's still out there. So, there's plenty of guys that they can still make a move on that just, just, yeah. 49ers fans just need to take a step back, deep breath, relax just a little bit. And you know, you don't win, you don't win games in March. You don't win games in April. You, you win games in September, October, November, December, you know, signing for agents now. We, you know, it's great. We want to get players in the, in the, in the building, but we don't know how this is going to look until, we get on the field. So um, yep. saying a sign is bad or why didn't we do this? Or why don't we do that right now is, is just, it's uh, irresponsible. Um, I'm, I'm a patient person. I'm a veteran. I've always been told hurry up and wait. So I will hurry <laughs> my ass up on Twitter and wait. Um, the, the Niners, I think they're doing things right. I, I, we talked about this on the other pod, the last couple podcasts. I, I had a feeling the Niners weren't going to go super crazy they have targets in mind, and they're going to focus on those targets and not worry about what the rest of the league is doing. They have their ideal plan, and if Earl Thomas is part of that plan, great. If he's not, you know what? I'm still going to be a Niners fan at the end of the day. I'm not going to shit on this front office and things like that. Like they, I trust this plan because we have a direction, so I'm all in on what they're doing. Yeah, uh, I've been I've been preaching patience. I said my, uh, my daily workout today is I'm going to exercise patience. So... <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I, I do believe there is a plan in place. I think they have a price set on all these guys and I think they, they are making their best offer. And if a team wants to pay more, they're going to pay more. 
Yeah. And, and let the players make their own decisions. And, you know, we, we spoke to Ian Williams yesterday. We will be sharing that uh, interview at the end of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian Williams had a really good point. The Niners have to sign their own guys. Uh, Buckner is going to be due and George Kittle is going to be due. Those two are going to command big contracts. So for them to spend money now on guys who they don't see as long-term fits um, would be also irresponsible. So for them to prioritize Buckner and, and, and Kittle is also very important. So those things have to be taken into consideration mm-hmm. when this free agency period start, started or starts. So, you know, if we're looking at guys like Earl, we're looking at guys like Justin Houston, those should be two to three year deals that are front loaded. And then we go ahead and resign um, Kittle and Buckner and make sure those two are taken care of for years to come. Yeah. Uh, Buckner does have the fifth year option. They can exercise him on uh, coming this, this off season, but I, I know that the front office wants to get a deal done. That's been reported multiple times. They want to get a long-term deal done. I would love to see him inked for five years and it's going to be North of like 120 million. Yeah. I mean, Buckner's worth every penny. And like you said, the market readjusts every year. So every time you sign a guy to a monster contract in two years, it's a bargain. Uh, it's, it's wild how that works when the, with the cap going up nine, 10, 12 million every year. Yeah. With the, um, with Buckner, I don't think he's going to be in the, he'll probably be in that Fletcher Cox price range. I don't think he's going to break um, Aaron Donald's number, but. No, he won't break Aaron Donald's number, but he also shouldn't. Um, yeah, Aaron Donald's just a, he's a, that's a special person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's one of those guys. Um, they just, he looks like he would be kind of a fat guy because of the position he plays. And then you see him without his shirt off. And it's just, it's mind boggling how a human body can be that large. It's insane. <laughs> can we give a shout out to Frank Gore? Yes. Frank Gore getting, he's, I'll tell you what, I wanted him back in the Bay. I did. I thought he would have been fun to bring back, but he went to Buffalo and I'm cool with that. Buffalo is my number two team. So I only have to root against him once every four years. So I'm happy that he got another shot. I'm happy he's staying in the league. Uh, I know he's only, I think it's like 450 yards behind uh, Walter Payton on the rush list. Not Walter Payton. Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. That's right. Barry Sanders on the rush list. And I would love to see him get it. Um, Man, the guy's just been a stalwart in this league for a decade and a half now. He's 36 years old, still getting contracts. Uh, he signed one year, $2 million deal. It's a great deal for Buffalo. They're getting a guy that, you know, he's still one of the best pass protecting running backs in the league. And Josh Allen, Josh Allen's going to need a little bit of help back there. So it's going to be nice that he's going to be able to stonewall running backs or not running backs, linebackers, excuse me. Um, and even last year, I believe he was graded as the 11th best running back. By PFF. Yeah, he averaged 4.6 yards of carry at 34. He can still play. Yeah, the man still got – he still got gas in the tank. I, what I don't want – you know, I love Frank, and I – you know, I got his jersey on right now. It's just, you know, I feel good when I put this thing on. Um, with Frank, I just hope he doesn't – he doesn't go out injured. Like, I just want him to finish his last year healthy and then just right off in the sunset, man. Like, this, this one should be the last one. Um him and LaShawn McCoy, it's a nice nice two-piece there for whatever Buffalo may bring in um, at running back because I, I would assume they would bring in a younger guy as well. And then, you know, he may help Josh Allen out, like you said, with pass protection or just help him read a defense, understand certain things. Frank is a wizard, man. Frank Frank's one of the smartest guys in football. Um, Scott McLuhan still raves about him. You know, he's one of the smartest guys he's ever met. Mm-hmm. Football X's and O's. 
that is someone you want always around you. Um, I just hope when the time comes, he just signs that one day, you know, retirement contract with the Niners and just retires as a Niner. Yeah, that would be nice. That'd be nice. Another, another linebacker off the board, Jordan Hicks. Yep, I just saw it. Four-year, $36 million deals was being reported by Ian Rappaport. So that's a, that's a good signing by Arizona. He's a good player. Uh, I know he's – When he's healthy, yes. Yeah, he's been, he's been pretty good in, in Philly for the last couple of years. But, again, yeah, health is the issue. So we're recording this on a Tuesday morning, so a lot of these things are happening. Speaking of off the board, we've seen some pass rushers. Yeah, we've seen some uh, pass rushers drop off the board too. The brothers Smith, not actually brothers, but Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith both signed with the Packers today. Um, that's that. The Packers are overhauling that defense right now. Yeah, the addition of Amos to go along with the pass rush, they're re- they're really going all in because I think it was Aaron just thirty four years old. Yeah, he's getting up there. You know, his time is – I'm not going to say it's almost up, but he, he's getting a little older. He's had some collarbone – he's had collarbone injuries in the last year with his knee. Who knows what he did to it because he never told us. Um, the, yeah, he took a bunch of drugs in week one and then came back high as shit. The Packers are doing this weird thing where they, they load up on one position. They did it in the draft. They took, what, three corners and mm-hmm. three wide receivers. Now they take two edge rushers, which probably means Clay Matthews and Perry are gone. And then they add a safety, um, which is perfectly fine. The Packers need to uh, address their defense um, and get that corrected, especially with the Bears sitting there. And then the Vikings defense uh, is getting it's getting a little older, but it's still pretty damn good. Uh, who knows what the Lions are doing on defense? They did just add Trey Flowers. Um, so the NFC, NFC North should be interesting. I would assume the Packers go offense in this draft, but we'll mm-hmm. see. Um, uh, Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith, those are two guys that I would I pegged for the Niners. To mm-hmm. get. More so Preston Smith, but he, he ends up in a good spot. Green Bay is a good franchise. Um, he's in a good division. You know, if the Niners didn't see him as a valuable piece or maybe he was priced out too much, then I'm okay with that pass. Yeah, again, the, the front office has a plan, and I don't think they're just hiding under a rock right now. I believe they're 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 doing what they need to do. Exercise and patience. I'm, I keep telling myself that so I don't get all freaked out. <laughs> the, it, the Saints are likely moving on from Mark Ingram by signing Latavius Murray. Yep. So that's interesting. Where does Mark Ingram land? Chicago, Philadelphia. Those would be two names that have come up in my head just right now. Yes. Yeah, uh, Philly needs a, a needs a bruiser in the backfield. I know they've been working with JHIE and stuff, but he he tore his knee up. Um, another team, Baltimore. I could see yeah. them making a move for him just because they just cut Alex Collins because he had a whole bunch of what was it, guns and drugs? Sounds like in his car. Party. Yeah, so he was having a party and he got arrested, and the Ravens dropped him like a bad habit. So Baltimore is another place I could see him going. Uh, Le'Veon Bell still hasn't made his choice yet. But he's hinting uh, at things on Twitter, and his page is green. So maybe a jet? Maybe, maybe a jet. An eagle? I know there was a cryptic uh, a cryptic tweet that he was a part of that got sent out, and it had Edgar Allan Poe in it. Ravens, I don't know. We'll see. Um, that's going to be a big splash. I know the, the 49ers were linked to him early, and – I just like to remind people that not only do players make their money in free agency, 
but so do their agents and their agents are there to drum up drum up interest in their guys and they want to drive their price up. So when the 49ers were linked to Le'Veon Bell, I knew that was just a load of shit from the, from the agent trying to, trying to get more teams interested. You know, and it's, it's as if people forget last off season, we were linked to pretty much everybody and we ended up with Richburg and McKinnon and none of the other guys were ever really in play according to John Lynch. Um, so I, 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 I take a lot of these rumors I just look at it, I'm like, wait a second, that doesn't make any sense. Or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, I get it. The Niners have a whole bunch of money, which is fine. But they're not going to spend it all. Like it's, like we just said, there's guys on this team that need to be resigned. George Kittle, DeForest Buckner. Um, you know, get money set aside for whatever you may do at right guard. You know, who knows what's going to happen there. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm okay with them slow playing this market. And if it ends up if – if all this slow play – and this impatience from fans ends up with Earl Thomas and Justin Houston on the Niners with, with K1 um, Alexander. I'm cool. And we just go into the draft and plug and play. Yeah. Yep. I'm still, I'm still holding out hope for Shaq Barrett for my guy to play Sam linebacker for him. We'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, it's just been slow play right now. There's not a whole lot of news for us to talk about, which is kind of a shame. I was hoping we we're going to have more, <laughs> more stuff to go over. Um, but some of the other big free agent signings, uh, Landon Collins lands in Washington, he stays in the NFC East. That is they, the, <laughs> the Redskins are just trying to build the Alabama defense in its entirety. I believe they now have five or six Alabama seven. starters, seven. Seven guys that are that are that are going to be starters from Alabama, so really they're just becoming uh, Alabama of the uh, Mid Atlantic. With and the Redskins, they do these things. They you know they'll they'll go and make a splash play and end up with nothing. You know they they just throw money around left and right. Um, I hope it's not nothing because I, I do like Landon Collins. Oh, and I, too. I hope they utilize him correctly. And he's not just a box safety. That, that is where he can make a lot of plays, but he is a complete safety. He is a team leader. I would like to see him get uh, a fair run. He should be fine. Um, but like a lot of analysts have said, you know, the Redskins better hope Saquon's not lined up um, one-on-one with Collins because that's going to be a nightmare. So we'll see yeah. um, what they do this um, the rest of the way because they still need to get a quarterback – um, I don't care. Case Keenum is not – I don't think he's the guy. So, Yep. The other Another big signing, former 49er, Trent Brown, uh, got the largest contract in tackle history from the Oakland Raiders. And uh, I know we spoke with Ian about that, and you'll, you'll be able to hear that um, in the interview later. Um, still a big signing. And it comes 10 days after John Gruden said that Colton Miller is a Pro Bowl left tackle. Wow. And then he turns around and signs Trent Brown. So I don't know if John Gruden has a plan or not, but they also brought in LaMarcus Joyner. And they've, they've made some actually smart moves to go along with their three first-round picks. I mean, they could pl- get three guys they can plug and play right away. If, I think they have thir- the pick 35 as well. So, I mean, they got four picks in the top 35. That's, that's a ton. That's like when uh, Cleveland had all those picks a couple years ago. Yeah, and you know you have to just trust that they'll make the right pick. I from from what we saw last year, I don't, I can't trust John Gruden to make the correct picks. You know, Colton Miller struggled. The other tackle struggled. Uh, Arden Key didn't play very well. They they missed on a whole bunch of guys. So I'm not really sure 
uh, what they're doing with all this stuff. So um, it's uh, it, it'll be interesting what the Reds, the Raiders do in the draft. You know, they there's a lot of reports they may trade for Kyler Murray. They may just keep Derek Carr. I'm of the belief they're going to go ahead and trade Derek Carr and um, and just go ahead and try to make a make a push for Kyler Murray. So that's that's where I stand with the Raiders. I, I think they're really going to make a push there. Yeah, I, I can see that happening too. Um, a little bit of some stuff that just came out. Ziggy Ansa is drawing interest from the Bills and the Saints, and those are his next two visits. And the 49ers are not listed, which is fine. Yep, I'm okay with it. I think uh, think he's going to be overpaid and he's off injured, and that's just uh, you know not not what they need. They don't need another guy that's going to spend half the half the season, you know, not active because he's hurt. Agreed. Um, with with Ziggy though, I mean, I, I would I would uh, I wouldn't have mind the the pick, but I you know if the Saints and the Bills are drawing interest. I get where that interest would come from. He would fit in both defenses. Um, so, you know, it, again, it's it looks like it's just the Niners are waiting this out, setting the market where, you know, Earl, Justin Houston, Shaquille Barrett, they ended up just – they end up coming super cheap or just on really, really team-friendly deals um, to finish out this little tampering uh, negotiation period. So I, I'm not too worried about what they're doing. And you know what? There's a lot of stuff going on right now on the internet, on the interweb. Um, Mike Lombardi said that Odell Beckham could be had for the right price. Yeah. And for all we know, John Lynch is probably on the phone saying, look, let's get this done. Mike, let's get this done yesterday. Um, so, you know, they may be working on that. There's a whole bunch of things they could be working on. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, he's just sitting on his hands. There's no way John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are sitting on their hands. They want to make a splash. They want to make a big move, and they're going to do it. Yeah, and I think they want to get their guys. I mean, their MO, I mean, in any free agency period, it, we've seen it since since John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan took over, is they're going to peg their guys, and they're going to overpay them. You know, they're going to really wow the guys they want to bring in. And we go back to the first year, they did it with Pierre Garçon. Uh, two guys, one guy familiar with the offense, one guy familiar with the defense. Then uh, they brought in Juice, you know, Kyle Juszczyk. He was overpaid in a lot of people's eyes. Um, some other guys, Jimmy Garoppolo probably overpaid at the time just because we really hadn't seen it from, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it was nice to see it from him for, for eight games total in his career, but no one had really seen that consistently. So he was overpaid. He was the highest paid quarterback in NFL history for about like 74 hours. But you know, it's, they overpay for their guys. Jarek McKinnon is another one. They just really go out, and the guys they want, they overpay. And so I think we're going to see a lot of the same this year. Yeah, you know, and if overpaying means they get a you know, big chunk of money up front, okay, but it's not killing their cap situation. That's, Hell, yeah. That's something people need to remember. Yeah, Jeremy McKinnon got a huge deal, but he's only $5 million this year. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo got a huge deal, but he's only worth $19.8 million this year. That's, those are bargain signings when you really break it down and this goes back mm -hmm. to the K1 Alexander thing. Oh my God, what are they doing? You know, it's just, that's just how they do business. And if it means in two or three years, they can get out of a contract and they're in a better place than they were two or three years ago because of it. Cool. I'm okay with it. It's not in the world. And the, and the last, the last thing on the, the Niners money, it's not our money. 
Like that's if that's what they choose to spend on, that's their money. You can't just say, oh, they just spent this and they spent that. What? That's not. I don't run Jed Jed York's bank account. You know. I wish I did. Yeah, of course. I mean, awesome. <laughs> you know, I would I would have a whole bunch of <laughs> I'd be doing a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but you know, I'm other mindset is you know you can't you can't count people's pockets and worrying about what somebody signed for this ten the third. Um, you know, Anton. Let's see here. Congratulations, Le'Veon Bell, on getting the bag. Le'Veon signed somewhere, so we will hopefully find. Yeah, he's been he's been hinting that he wants to he wants to tell everybody, but he hasn't yet. I think he's waiting until he puts pen on paper, um, because that's just who he is. So I think he I think he would rather just tease everybody um, than outright say it. Um, but again, yeah, talking about the money. I mean. <laughs> Nick Foles, the Jaguars bid against themselves, drastically overpaid Nick Foles, and now he's making more money than Jimmy Garoppolo. Now you can argue Nick Foles won a Super Bowl, but I mean, come on. I wouldn't argue that they're he's, players. You know what I mean? He's a, he's a bridge quarterback that they're paying like a franchise guy, and the Jaguars can't get out of their own way. <laughs> I don't no. know what the hell they're doing. Yeah, they um. With Nick, you know the thing with Nick though, he if he's able just to get that locker room in check, that's that's valuable to them. Um, if he can get some of these guys to perform a little better, that's also valuable to them. So you know, I, the thing with the Jags though, they have to they got to find a way to protect him. Nick Foles is not very mobile; he doesn't move very much. But he what he does do is get rid of the ball really fast. So yeah, if he can get rid of the ball really fast and his wide receivers can get open, um, they need to make a play for a wide receiver or a tight end. And who knows what they're going to do with Leonard Fournette. The Jags should be fine. But like you said, they can't get out of their own way. That's a lot of money for Nick Foles. And I, for them, for someone, for the Eagles to attempt to franchise him and then not be able to trade him, and the Jags just go ahead and give him that kind of money, it doesn't make any sense. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the Jags have players they got to pay. I mean, we talk about Kittle and, and DeForest Buckner. The Jaguars got to pay Jalen Ramsey. The Jaguars got to pay Yannick Ngakwe. I mean, they got guys, Telvin Smith, they got guys they got to pay soon. And you can't be throwing gobs of money at Nick fucking Foles. I mean, that's just, that's just bad. You know, but it is, it is a cool story with Nick Foles. You know, he went from Philly and then he had those years with the Ram and the Rams, excuse me, and then the Chiefs and then back to Philly and now, you know, wins the Super Bowl and then he gets a big deal. Um, you know, he set his family up, you know, he's, you know, as long as his family's set, he should be good to go. He lives, um, not very far from where I live down here in Austin. So there's a, uh, a lot of cool stuff there. Dolphins are closing in on a new two-year contract with Delonte Parker. That's interesting. But yeah. A lot, people, gone, so. a lot of people tied, um, tied Parker to the 49ers and said that was the kind of wide receiver they would want. And I was hesitant about it to say the least. So I'm actually okay that he's staying there. Um, another wide receiver that hasn't gotten a whole lot of attention, Tyrell Williams. I know that was a guy that, that we originally thought was going to be driving the wide receiver market because he was so bare. And I haven't seen him linked to anybody. And I think teams are a little nervous that he had one good year and then that's it. Yeah. The only, the only link I saw was Cleveland. Um, Cleveland looking I think Cleveland's driving the price up and I think they're going to end up with him I saw Cleveland link to him 
But, you know, with Tyrell Williams, again, to your point, he had one good season. He does play in a pass-heavy offense. You know, that can affect his, his numbers. Um, Tyrell was definitely a fast guy, big guy. You know, he would fit for the 49ers, but I was of the mindset of just drafting a guy or just trade for Odell Beckham. I would rather just do that than, you know, pay what they were going to plan on paying. Yeah. Yeah, when it comes to wide receivers right now, it's it's Beckham or draft for me. Yeah, it has to be. And that should have, you know, that should be what most people think. You know, the, the teams, the best teams in the league build through the draft. The Eagles won a Super Bowl because of drafted talent. You know, Corey Clement was an undrafted free agent. You know, you had Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz. Their offensive line was pretty much all drafted. Lane Johnson, Peters, et cetera. The Pagers do this every year. They draft, 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 draft. Um, the Seahawks, they're successful because of their drafts. The Niners, when they were winning, they were winning because of their draft talent, you know, the collective talent uh, that they acquired through the draft. And this, this stuff takes a process. If it means the Niners are a year away from being a year away because of their draft process, I'm okay with that. I'm not in the rush of, hey, doing what the Rams did, sign everybody, get the Super Bowl, lose, and then lose everybody. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, they're going to be up against it soon. I mean, they have huge extensions for Gurley, Brandon Cooks, and Aaron Donald. And those are three monster contracts. And Jared Goff's going to need a new one soon. So it's int- it'll be interesting to see how that plays out uh, when the time comes. But I think they are going to lose a lot of their – a lot of the little pieces that, that really bring a team together. Yeah. And it's guys like – even when the Niners were, were so good, it was guys like Ian Williams, like Isaac Sopoaga, like Ray McDonald, not the big premier name guys that made a big difference. And – at some point, you need a bunch of those guys, and that's those. The, that's when you reload through the draft. You know, and then those are the players. Yeah, and then you know with those free agent signings at the time when the Niners did it, those were bargain pieces. Carlos Rogers, Dante Whitner. Um, it, it it just the way they they went through just bargain bins and got what they needed. Mario Manningham at the time. You know, I I remember we weren't very active in free agency. We never have been, and I'm okay with that. It's not a big deal. Yes, I would. It's cool to have. The hype behind, hey, let's we got, we got so and so. But in when they come to play, it doesn't matter if they if they're not very good. So, right. I mean, we've seen how many countless busts in free agency where a guy goes out, he makes his money because he puts together a monster contract year, and then just falls apart after he gets paid. It happens especially every a lot, year. especially a lot of the undrafted guys. You know, these guys it, they were playing on minimum salary they finally get paid and then they get lazy or something happens or they get hurt or whatever it is and they just completely fall off so again not huge in in free agent signing i'm fine with it yeah the nine the the 49ers they'll be fine i you know you have to look at it as they're getting their free agent acquisition back jared mckinnon and then of course jimmy will be back next year so those those two pieces are huge for them Mm -hmm. um defensively you still have DeForest Buckner, who's a top five defensive tackle. Yes. Sherman was a very good corner last year. I would like to see them get a corner uh, this this free agency period, whether that's Jason Verrett, Pierre Desir, um, uh, Bradley Roby is out there as a name flying around. I'm I'm okay with either one of those three. And then, of course, the safety position, haha, or Earl. You know, I would be okay with that. Or just draft a safety. You know where I stand on safeties with Taylor Rapp in this draft. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's just smart play by the Niners. I don't think they're 
like I said, I'm going to keep saying this. I don't think they're sitting on their hands and not doing anything. So, yeah, I can't, I can't imagine that they are. I really can't. Um, any other big free agent guys that have, uh, signed? No, I think, I think this first wave is always the big one. Yeah. Things settle down. You know, you get a few things here and there every hour or two. Um, it's, it's just the free agency period. It's, it's, it is what it is. It's super, you know, we get all hyped up for it, but it ends, it ends up being underwhelming half the time once it's all said and done. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've been, I've been waiting for this to come and I was, uh, I was wishing for a fast forward button on life to get to this point. And then of course, as soon as it comes, it's just, it's a lull. And I spend all my time checking Twitter and, and not getting any news. Um, it's just, we, yeah. you know, we, we have a, not we're not casual football fans, you know. We we thoroughly enjoy every bit of the NFL season, NFL off season, the process, all those things that, that we have probably an addiction. I would I would say so. That's what my wife tells me. Yeah. Yeah, my wife says the same thing. She's like, "What are you doing?" You know, <laughs> refreshing or you know, looking at a game. That she's like, "Why are you rewatching that game?" Like I just like football enough. So that's just how I that's just how I operate. Um, 49ers, you know, like I said, they have they're they're gonna make some moves relax r-e-l-a-x relax things will happen yep yep um but i think that's about all we got for the free agency roundup uh i know we're gonna try and get back and record on sunday again after we'll have some more news yeah you know if, if we get an earl thomas signing or if we get something big um likely have an emergency pod somewhere whether yeah it's just uh late this evening or next tomorrow evening whatever it may be who knows? Odell Beckham might be a Niner by the time we talk next. Um, oh boy! And then the whole narrative will change around John Lynch. Oh, he's oh yeah. Relax, folks. Relax. <laughs> yeah. Um, Preaching patience. <laughs> but for uh, with the with the podcast um, today, we have an interview we recorded yesterday with Ian Williams coming up next. Um, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, anything you want to share with us on on the podcast do that's do so in the comment section on your podcast platform or reach out to us on twitter again i'm at 49 or 49 or the podcast at fourth and gold podcast and then matt at matt bar underscore yes sir you are going to be here for episode five probably coming next couple days because of the final wrap-up of the free agency period uh but until then peace yep enjoy the interview So, uh, Ian, uh, as a Niner, um, when you when you did play for the Niners, what was your, who was your favorite teammate? Like, who who, who helped you out throughout your entire time as a Niner? Um, I wouldn't say I had one favorite teammate in particular, but uh, you know, most of the guys, you know, when I came in as a rookie, you know, we had a veteran D line, so you know, Isaac and Ricky Jean. You know, those two guys, especially playing the nose, you know, they helped me out a lot, you know, watching, you know, Justin and Ray and those guys and, and Will, you know, really helped me a lot just being able to watch. And uh, they didn't really, like, try to teach me anything like that. It's just I was really observing and I was just learning that way. Right on. Right on, right on. Um, so the combine just wrapped up for all these guys last week. You know, what, what can you tell us about your experience when you went through it? Um, 
I didn't have the greatest combine. I'm not the greatest of uh, testers. I don't have a fast 40. I don't bench a lot. So I just hope a lot of guys who don't have those, you know, those measurables like that don't get lost, you know, by the wayside because there's a lot of good athletes that, you know, get drafted and they can't play football. And there's a lot of good football players who won't test well. So hopefully, you know, um, teams can still uh, sift through the uh, sift through the, the all the all the mess and be able to find some good football players. Yeah. So, so you were undrafted in 2011. What what made you choose the 49ers? Um, I knew that they didn't have a lot of D linemen. I didn't want to go into a situation where I wasn't going to get a lot of reps. And at the time they had, I think five, five or six D linemen on the roster. So I knew coming in and then they were all, uh, you know, more veteran players. So I knew coming in, I was going to get a lot of reps. So that's why I chose the 49ers. Okay. And then with, with Jim Tomsula as the D line coach at the time, how we hear a lot about how, how great he is. How is he, is he as, as good as advertised at that, uh, as a position coach there? Yeah, yeah, no, Jimmy T's one of the best in the league. You know, he's just – he knows his players. He knows how to coach guys, you know, individually and not as a group. You know, he knows guys are, are different, you know. Um, you know, he's not going to coach me the same as he would, you know, Ray McDonald or, or Tony Girardetti. You know, we're just – we're all built a little bit differently. So, he knew that as a, as a D-line coach. So, that's what made him really great. Right on. Yeah, so uh, the Niners just, just brought in Chris Kosarek. Um, do you have any familiarity with him as a D-line coach? Uh, not, not really. I got I to do a little, uh, little homework on him to, uh, you know, see what, what he's really about, see where he's, he's come from and stuff like that. But um, he must, you know, have some good intangibles if, uh, you know, Kyle and, and John Lynch are going to bring him in, you yep. know, especially with the, the D-line that they have right now. So um, I'm hoping, you know, he, he's able to bring uh, some passion and some, uh, some leadership and some great techniques. Um, to this young friend. Where do you, um, with the current 49er defensive line, where do you stand on Solomon Thomas? Do you think he should be playing more inside or on the outside as a, as a pass rusher, or is he better suited as an interior D lineman? Um, I think Solomon can play, you know, all over the, uh, the D line. You know, he might be able to even play some nose, you know, depending on, you know, his weight coming up for, for this season. I mean, you, know, you don't need to, you know, be so big, you know, to, to play certain positions, you just need to have a great technique. And I think for the most part, he has really good technique and he's only going to get better as he, uh, he matures and um, gets more seasons under his belt. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, speaking of nose, DJ Jones, uh, six round draft pick from two years ago, really started to show out and play really well down the stretch last year. You see a little bit of a, a little bit of yourself in his game. Uh, I think DJ's uh, kind of kind of like himself, you know. I, I I mean, obviously, see a little bit because he has ninety three and he plays nose, but <laughs> uh, I think he's a little different. I mean, I think he's starting to get a lot of reps. He's starting to feel comfortable out there, um, you know, making some plays. I Man, that's all you need. You just need to have some reps and then start to feel comfortable and get used to you know the, the speed of the game. And you know, you started to see uh, what he can do towards the end of the season. So. Um, I know he's going to have a fun all season. He's having a fun all season, and he's working his butt off to try to get back. Because you know, they're, um, there's, I'm, I'm sure they're going to draft the uh, interior D lineman to help help push him and stuff like that. Since they let go of Earl, so yeah. um, he's going to need to come back and you know follow up uh, um, how he was playing at the end of this season. Uh, how he was playing at the end of last season, he's going to need to follow that up and play that way this season too. 
do uh, a couple more, a couple more questions. And um, do the do the current 49er defensive linemen do they you know they seek any of your um, any of your help? To, you know, DJ Jones example. Does he reach out and say, "Hey, Ian, anything you see in my game that could help me out here or there?" Or do you reach out to any of these guys that are currently on the 49ers? Um, not really. I don't really talk to them about football like that. You know, okay. I'm not, I'm not their coach. You know, I don't know what they're being coached. I don't know the specific scheme that they're being coached. You know, I don't have the playbook and stuff like that. So it's not my place to be, you know, reaching out to them and, and saying you should be doing this or should be, should be doing that. I just, you know, what my job is, is to, you know, watch the film and, and kind of, um, assume what they're doing or what they're supposed to be doing and kind of critique it that way for the fans and let the fans know what I see and what I think is going on. So, um, no, it's not my place to really reach out to them and, 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 and coach them. <laughs> gotcha. Um, yeah. I saw you on Instagram uh, last night with Sean Drawn, Cromartie, and Shane Scove. What's, uh, you guys are in some type of business venture or uh, looking to do something together as a group or? No, um, so we were down in San Diego for uh, an NFL symposium, you know, teaching us, uh, you know, how to interview, resume building, you know, Excel training, you know, just how to transition into the corporate world. Um, That's pretty much what it was about. (laughs) Gotcha. Um, So, yeah, we were just there, and, you know, we saw each other, and so we, like, you know, we we had to take a picture, you know. You got to flick up. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I'm making that transition myself. I just graduated uh, from UT for web development. I'm trying to get there, too, so. I got gotcha. you. Uh, so this this free agent class defense is loaded. I mean, as we record right now, the the legal tampering period just opened about twenty five minutes ago. Any guys stand out to you that might be real good fits for the 49ers defense? Um, I uh, there's a lot of guys out there. Um, there's a lot of good veterans. Um, a couple prize free agents that are out there right now. You know, you don't want to get into a bidding war with, you know, say Earl Thomas with, you know, us and um, the Cowboys. You know, you don't want to overpay for uh, an older safety when you have Adrian Colbert coming back and you have Dubrovsky Tart coming back. You know, those are pretty much your two safeties right now, especially with uh, DJ Reed and, you know, Marcel Harris, those young guys. So uh, you don't want to mess around and pay, you know, 12, 15 million for a safety that, you know, is coming off of a, um, you know, mm-hmm. an ankle injury that that's, reoccurred you know so um just be careful of that be cognizant of that but yeah there's a lot of guys out there that can help this team right now um you know you know d ford uh you know they're trying to trade him and um you have uh landon collins you have right. uh, uh, cj mosley you know some good linebackers so um if you can get them for a good price you know and, and they want to come back come out here to california then you know try to get them and stuff like that but just don't just don't overpay because you have a lot of guys that you're, you're going to have to pay in a few mm-hmm. years. You know, DeForest is going to command a hundred million dollar deal the next time. The next time he comes up, you know, especially if he follows up this season with another, you know, Pro Bowl type season, and then you're going to have George Kittle, who's also going to demand demand probably a hundred million dollars will be the highest paid you know tight end coming up. Yeah. Um. So you have guys coming up that you're going to have to pay. You know, Sam. So. Um, uh, they're gonna have to, you know, know that and, and and not, you know, overspend on these free agents this year. Right. I, I have faith in, in Parag Marate. He's a cap wizard, and it seems like every deal he does is just works out in the 49ers' favor. I mean, you look at Jimmy's deal last year, where it was all front loaded in a year where they had a ton of cap space, and now his cap number drops drastically. Um, 
But the Niners hold the number two overall pick right now. If you're the GM, you're John Lynch, what are you doing with that pick? Um, it just depends what they're trying to do. I know they're trying to switch to a new defense. You know, um, everybody's talking about, oh, they're doing a wide nine and all this type of stuff. Uh, it just depends on what they're trying to do uh, schematically. You know, you have, you know, John Lynch, a defensive-minded uh, uh, person. They have Kyle Shanahan, have an offensive-minded coach. So, um, you know, they're going to have to fight fight over uh, who they're going to trade. I mean, who they're going to take on, on the second overall pick. I think they end up trading, uh, taking uh, Nick Bosa. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe they – if not, maybe they, they get a good deal uh, offer from the team, you know, to try to, to trade back. I know they like Montez Sweat because they had him at the senior bowl. So maybe they trade back and try to get him and try to get some more uh, some more picks because this is a, a very loaded draft, especially on the defensive side. So yeah, um, it'll be interesting. I know it'll be fun to watch, uh, you know, and have the hype uh, – I know the uh, the draft party is gonna be really fun, just seeing who who we get and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, I think I think it'll end up being Nick Bosa at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I know we like to talk about all these crazy trade scenarios with OBJ and and trading back and doing whatever, but I think if Nick Bosa is on the board, I think John Lynch is gonna sprint to the podium to get that card in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think. Uh, I think he'll do that too, and I think he'll be really high, happy with that with that draft pick. I think Nick is going to be uh, a really good pro. I don't know if he'll be as good as his brother. I don't know if he's as fluent as an athlete as his brother, but I think he'll be uh, definitely one of the best DNs that come out in this draft and be able to help this team, you know, for you know, ten years. You know? Yeah, cool. Um, maybe one or two more here. Um, the uh... With the agency going on right now, are you just like the rest of us, refreshing Twitter, seeing who's going where, what's going on? Um, just a regular regular guy like the rest of us? Uh, not really. No, I'm trying to uh, just see who um, who goes where. You know, I'll uh, I'll check back Twitter, you know, periodically to see what's going on. You know, obviously, I don't, I'm not trying yeah. to sit there all day and just be, <laughs> you know, refreshing. You know, I got, I got stuff I got to do. So I'm just going to be checking back periodically and throwing – uh, my comments out there here and there, like great, that's a great deal for them, great pickup for this team, or I don't know, that's that's a suspect pickup. If you have certain certain guys already on the team, and now you bring in this guy, you know, it just depends. Uh, but now it's gonna be a fun, uh, fun couple of days, especially for NFL fans. Everything that happened with the NBA and all those trades and stuff like that. So um, the NFL, we need we need something like this kind of the uh, kickstart kick gotcha. the, uh, the offseason. The, the big signing so far, Trent Brown is going to be an Oakland Raider, and he's going to be the highest paid tackle in NFL history. Uh, pretty crazy guy. Yeah, it was yeah. a, a seventh round pick. Uh, you know what, what did you see in his game when he was when he was with the 49ers and then again last year after he was traded to the Patriots? Um, I knew so. I knew Trent was going to be. Uh, something special when he he came out to the 49ers and he can actually move, especially with how big he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and, he, and he deserves everything that he's getting right now. Um, you know, he stayed out of trouble. He's done what he's needed to do. Um, he went out to the Patriots and that was the best trade, you know, for him um, mentally to be able to go out there and, you know, play for an organization like that and make it to the Super Bowl. And, you know, play at the highest level of this game, which is what he did, you know, and they ended up winning the Super Bowl. And, you know, this is what teams pay for. They want guys who have played on the highest level they want because the, the, the playoffs are a different different level. So he's played through that. He's dominated on that level. He's dominated in the Super Bowl. So, 
you know, why can't he dominate in the regular season game? So that's what they pay pay for. So he he you know it, it's um it's a blessing for him. You know, I'm glad you told me that. I didn't even know that, <laughs> that, that was going on. So, but no, I'm I'm just I'm excited for him. Yeah, that that, that playoff run definitely made him a lot of money. He played really well in, yeah. in the playoffs all the way through. Um, I have one last question, Ian. I was at the December 8th game in 2013 versus Seahawks. Um, I just want to know, what was the locker room like after that game? What was the feeling for that 2013 team just to, just to get that win against Seattle? It was the 19-17 win. I know you didn't play in that game, but I'm sure you were on the sideline watching in the locker room and so so forth. Um, yeah, uh, was I in the locker room? I don't know if I was in the locker room, man. I don't, I don't think I was traveling. I don't think I went back until uh, that was at the we were at home, uh, the Niners were home. Yeah, I wasn't, oh, okay. I yeah, I wasn't at that game then. Yeah, I wasn't, I was at home, I was still recovering. Um, but it was, uh, it was, uh, um, I know when I came in for you know, watching film and stuff like that, it was, uh, we played really well, you know. Um, you know, early in the season we had lost to him. It was a tough game and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, we were able to come back, and you know, we were still really good defensively. Um, that game, I remember Glenn had a really good game. Uh, but no, it was yeah, it was our, our last one against them for for a few years. So uh, um, yeah, I know. I hope we don't go through any more stretches like that where we're we're getting our ass beat by <laughs> teams like a team like that for um, consecutive years. So, uh, but yeah, you know. Um, it was, it was a great win, definitely for the franchise, definitely for the Fortnite Niners fans at that time. Agreed, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one, the last question we got for you, what is your way too early prediction for the 49ers this year? What's, what's, your, what's your thought on how they're going to finish? Um, I'm not even going to throw nothing out there. I want to see what they do in free agency. I want to see what they do uh, um, in the draft um, and kind of go from there. You know, uh, there's a lot to be done. This team's still young, so – I'll kind of throw out my analysis, you know, later on after, uh, you know, these two events go on. Yeah, sounds good. I mean, if you're up for it, we'd love to have you back uh, after all that stuff plays out. Cool, yeah, just let me know. Perfect. Well, Ian, we do want to thank you for your time and thank you for joining us on the 4th and Gold podcast. Um, follow Ian Williams on Twitter. Follow the 4th and Gold podcast on Twitter. Um, Ian, we thank you again for your time today. For sure, man. I'll let you, fellas. Go Niners. Yes, sir. Hey, go Niners.